Welcome to the Unite Church podcast. For more information about Unite Church, visit unitechurchak.org. Now, enjoy this message from Josh Tanner. Praise God, we're launching a whole new series on Mother's Day. It's called Give Where You Live. Uh, I don't preach Mother's Day sermons. I'm sorry, I love you. I love you. That's why I don't preach Mother's Day sermons. That's how I see it. I wanna really sew something into our church today, and I believe it does really. It's, it, you know, one of the things about moms is that uh, they really intuitively know how to serve. Uh, all the moms that I know do anyway. And it's amazing how we go to these feasts and these, uh, you, you know, that moms set up for all of us. Because, I, I mean, I would watch sports if it wasn't for my mom. You know what I'm saying? Like, all us dudes, we would probably just, like, hang out, like, grab some Velveeta and a bag of cheese and chips and then just like watch things that aren't important. And moms make community happen. They make life happen and they do it through service. Like even the act of motherhood is just all about serving, sacrificing, letting go of your whole body and life so that others can have life. It's really quite amazing. And um, I think about like we, we go to these events that moms set up that make our life so rich and they also serve and work so hard. And I try to help, but I'm really not much help. I'm more of a hindrance uh, to the whole food preparation and all of that process as much as I try, right? But I just see just this act and heart of service and so many things about moms, like it says your kids are gonna rise up and call you blessed. You're like, oh, when's that gonna happen? Young moms, you know? Uh, it, it <laughs> what happens is, is when other kids, your kids start to have their own children and suffer and serve and have to do all this sacrifice. They start to see how much work you did that they did, couldn't see they were blind to early on, right? So as your kids get older, they start to honor you more, uh, hopefully. Yep, kids, be awesome. Uh, but that sacrifice, so much of that is unseen. Moms ever feel unappreciated, right? And we get discouraged when our sacrifice goes unappreciated and there's some of this is about what we see as valuable look I just did it I tied all this into Mother's Day sermon I'm proud of myself right now um, <laughs> when we don't see service the right way what it means to really sacrifice and serve and to give of our life for others when we see that as devalued in ministry then we actually look over it. Because when something isn't important or valuable, we tend to block it out or don't see it. We become blind to it. We walk right past it. And there's so many sacrifices that moms make that people, we just walk right past. And it's so important for us to slow down and see those and honor those. And I am glad there is a Mother's Day where we take a break and we say, moms, thanks for all you're doing. Um, so today we're gonna talk uh, this first installment of Give Where You Live is about the ministry of helps. And we're gonna look into the life of Stephen and the gift of helps and how Stephen really was this amazing uh, man that served the Lord, that had all these incredible gifts. And when they picked him and they chose him, they chose him to just be a servant. And this was this amazing, glorious thing. And it was so many times we look at serving and simple tasks for the kingdom's sake as like menial or beneath us. And this is a wrong view to have. And so that's one of the things we want to correct today. And hopefully, moms, you get a bump, right? You get a bump in praise. 
right? You get an elevation of like honor because people see service better. And obviously that's not all we do as moms, but the serving, we do, because you know, I'm a mom. And, but the serving should never be devalued, amen? Stephen, he was gifted to help. Let's look at Acts chapter six, verse two. Now this is in the amplified version, so it's extra wordy. Okay, and what the Amplified Version of the Bible does is it attempts to take some of the Greek words that contextually we might have a problem with understanding and it expounds on them. And so there's not added scripture here, okay? What it's doing is saying a word and then it, when it's in brackets, it like breaks down the Greek and opens it up a little bit, all right? So you can see a little bit into the space. And I wanted to do this because this scripture is misinterpreted many times or read. It's hard to read in some of the other versions because the way they interpret this word that's around serving is actually kind of negative. And so um, it just comes across negative in our culture. So I want to read it in the Amplified, which is a little more accurate here. I'm actually going to start in verse 1, even though you're verse 2, so don't go anywhere. Now about this time when the number of disciples was greatly increasing, a complaint was made by the Hellenistic Jews, the Greek-speaking Jews, okay, against the native Hebrews because of their widows were being overlooked and neglected in the daily uh, ministry of distribution relief, okay? So the 12 apostles convened the multitude of disciples and said, it is not seemly or desirable or right that we should have to give up or neglect preaching the word of God in order to attend to serving at tables and superintending the distribution of food. Therefore, select out from among yourselves, brethren, seven men of good and attested character and repute, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may assign to look after this business and duty. But we will continue to devote ourselves steadfastly to prayer and the ministry of the word. And the suggestion pleased the whole assembly, and they selected Stephen, a man full of faith, a strong and welcome belief that Jesus is the Messiah, and full, and, uh, and full of and controlled by the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, my favorite name, uh, and Nicor. Nicanor, 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 and Timon, Timon. Isn't he in The Lion King? <laughs> Keep your behind in your past. All right. Parmenius, Nicholas, and he was a proselyte convert from Antioch. Okay. These they pre presented to the apostles, whatever their names are who after prayer laid hands on them, look at this, and the message of God kept on spreading and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And besides a large number of these priests were obedient to the faith in Jesus as the Messiah through whom is obtained eternal salvation, the kingdom of God. Verse eight, now Stephen, full of grace, divine blessing and favor and power, strength and ability, worked great wonders and signs, miracles among the people. Come on, let's pray. Father, we're asking for a revelation today. We want to be 
changed. We want to see things better. God, we're asking for your Holy Spirit to pour out on us. And God, we want to see this ministry of helps, this gift of serving that you gave to the body. We want to see it as dynamic as you made it to be. And we want to see it active and happening like it was in the life of Stephen and Philip and all these other men that were serving and that they were doing miracles, God, and seeing just a revival break out in their city, towns, and in the nations around, God. We, we love you today. Holy Spirit, we invite you to minister today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So what's going on here? So in this story, we see uh, the disciples, they're ministering, the church is growing, it's increasing, and it's growing so rapidly that the load, the workload on all of the people, the needs of those people, is like expanding so greatly that they can no longer spend enough time in prayer, as well as out preaching the word, right? So they're not studying the Bible, Hiding and being alone. When it says the ministry of the word, it's the preaching of the word was the job that they were called to do. They're out ministering the word. I'm not saying they didn't study the Old Testament scriptures, but they weren't writing the Bible yet. We know that didn't happen in this period of time yet. They were literally preaching the things that Jesus told them and spending time with him through the Holy Spirit. Okay, And so they're drawing on that encounter with the Lord and then they're ministering in power and they had these dynamic power gifts to be used that way. And what happened is they start spending time dealing with or tending to feeding orphans, widows, which is a really important ministry. And the need, meeting the needs of people is really important ministry. But the ministry was taking away from their more dynamic gifts and the gifts that God had called them to be engaged in as apostles. And so what happened is, is they started to feel that tension and load. And they just can't do everything. Now, one gift is not made. One person, one group of people are not made to just do everything. And so God did this amazing thing with his church is that he split us all up. He fractured all of us in our gifts. And then he said, I want you to do it all in unity. So he like blows us all up into different little parts. And then he says, now I want you to work together. <laughs> Good luck. Not by your strength or by your might could this be done. And one of the things that has to happen is that we have to see each other with equal value. When we start to see each other beyond uh, how good our gifts are or not, beyond simple differences like race and color, size and age, it's amazing how really genetically how it's tiny of a difference all these things really are. And how much division the enemy can create. But then even in God's unique amazingness, he makes us virtually all the same, but then so dynamically different. And different enough that it, where it makes it actually kind of hard to work together. But one of the things is, is that we, if we see each other wrong, or if we see what God is trying to do wrong, what he's trying to do as globally as a church, and what he's trying to do in and through each one of us. If we see any of that stuff wrong, it makes it extra hard to work with people that are different. Even that tiniest little bit of difference is enough difference to cause 
real fracture and division in his kingdom. So God wants us to be united, totally in unity, so that we can do this amazing work. And there's really two main things in this passage that we see at work, is the preaching and advancing of the gospel, and then prayer with prayer, prayer and preaching and advancement of the gospel, and the ministry of serving. Serving the body, serving one another, those people around us in our communities that are not only in our church, but that are connected to our church, we're serving them and administering to them relief, distribution and relief. Okay, so we see this as the backdrop, and there's this, there's this conflict that starts to rise up, and they're like, what are we going to do? What's our solution? We find this here in verse 3. They say, therefore, select out from among yourselves Brethren, seven men of good and attested character and repute, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may assign to look after this business and duty. This is such an important thing that the apostles are like, man, we cannot let this fall, and we can't just give this to any joker. Who's going to mess it all up? And they have, we got to give this to them. This is an important duty that takes the right kind of gifts so we can do it. But here's the thing, is that they saw this ministry as important. Jesus told them, take care of widows and orphans. And he said, go preach the gospel and make disciples. And he told them, you need to pray. You need to connect with me, right? So here's one of the things they did is they did the apostle, we're going to find some scriptures here where we see this. They just did not see one gift more inflated than the other. They didn't see one gift more devalued than the other. And it's like bodybuilding and weightlifting. And if we want to really tie into our deep, deep, uh, you know, spiritual roots, we have to go to SpongeBob. Because SpongeBob, give, come on, give me the cue. There it is. Okay, sweet. SpongeBob tells us never skip leg day. If you see SpongeBob's little legs, this is what happens when we overinflate one group. One thing is more important than another. In fact, it can get so top heavy that I'm not even sure how SpongeBob walks. Look how tiny his legs are. This is the only thing you can learn from SpongeBob. I promise. My mind has been mushed from watching way too much of this guy. How many more episodes can they make of this ridiculousness, by the way? I swear it's been 20 years of complete, mind-numbing ridiculousness. Okay, so when we overinflate one group and then we neglect another, we get out of balance. We start to look weird. In fact, we start to lose Function. We can take, get rid of SpongeBob. Praise the Lord. So here's what I want us to do. We're not going to skip leg day. The foundation of the church is built on service. If you see this, they're doing this ministry right out of the gate. They're, this ministry is part of the foundation of the building of the very first church that Jesus himself said, go and do. And when the Holy Spirit was ripping and kicking, they were not just caught in prayer meetings, guys. They were serving. The ministry of helps was alive and thriving and dynamic, and the apostles were doing it until it grew so much that they're like, hey, we have got to 
go into this division of labor, but we cannot neglect leg day. We cannot neglect the foundation of the ministry that's happening here. This is part of this delicate balance, this really important balance in the ecosystem of the church is that we're building all these things all at the same time. We, we can't just do one and not the other. So in the weightlifting space, they say, what you do with your legs, the rest of your body follows. Oh, that's right. I heard my trainer. She said that. That's right. <laughs> she taught me that, so she better be right. It, the rest of your body follows the foundation. The rest of whatever you're pouring into follows the foundation. If you preach without a heart of service and, uh, to, to the others, it's inflated. It's about you. It becomes ego-driven. It actually is now building the ego of the deliverer rather than, Lord, how, we're serving your people. Everything is about this foundation of serving. And that heart and attitude is so fundamental in the ecosystem of a healthy church. But we got to have it all at the same time. And I, I'm really, it's just sad. And it is, it, it is sad when we demean these so foundational important gifts. And when we see serving, vacuuming, cleaning, working in our children's ministries, working in the youth ministries, or uh, cleaning up parking lots, serving widows, orphans, going to people's houses and fixing their, their, their plumbing so that we can bless them and they can have their stuff together. We're meeting each other's needs. These pieces, these are the foundation of love and sacrifice that God wants to build his church on. So these, these guys find this solution. They don't go, well, we're just so much more awesome than everybody that we don't have time for these menial gifts. And when you read in some of the other versions of the Bible, it kind of comes off like that a little bit. But when you read these words, the, the words that, the Greek words that they're actually used, that we're interpreting these passages from, it's this word called diakonos, or diakoneo, or diakonea. And it's just two words, and it's one's a verb and one's a noun, okay? One's about the position, uh, that a position of service. And the other one is like the action of doing service, but they're virtually the exact same word. And so one word, when we say that we're going to do this kind of work, it's this action, this verb. And then when we find, and it goes down later to, to hear that he says, like, we're doing this work of ministry. The ministry of the word is the same word used for the ministry of service. And it's also the same word that we find in 2 Corinthians 9 for the ministry of giving, financially giving, where we are so sacrificing from our own life to give. It is a ministry of either work, ministry of word, or ministry of give. All of this comes from the same root word. It comes from the same Greek word, the same quality or equality in ministry. But when we see one is more important than the other, we say, ah, that's just not as good. And I'm actually, this is a stepping stone for me to get to a more important gift. So I'm, I'm setting up chairs and tearing down chairs or running the sound system or going and just doing evangelism on the streets. Come on, these, any kind of ministry is not a stepping stone to another ministry. It might be a character formation moment for another ministry. 
Know what I'm saying? And maybe God gave you another gift that's not the ministry of helps, that is more dynamic in your life, but the ministry of helps, the ministry of learning serving, is the first step for all of us. All of us. Because every gift is built on the heart of service. So this is where we all need to see these gifts. And if, 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 the, if the pinnacle of our gift is serving and helping, praise God. Do we not ever need more people in this gift just rising up and seeing how valuable it is. And then the rest of the body seeing how valuable that is as well. Look at Romans chapter 12. And you, you hear me quote this scripture a lot. But we're just going to look in here and a little bit at Corinthians 12, so we can see how God says and shows us how valuable the equality of these gifts are. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Worship is built on service. Worship is built on sacrifice. Giving up. Moms, when you give up your body, your temple, to house another human being, this is sacrifice. The kingdom of God is not built any other way. <laughs> right? Because that's the only way humans come alive. And then we get saved. Even how we come into this world is through pain and suffering of giving up our life so that it's a living sacrifice for other life to take place. The foundation of all the other gifts that he's going to go in to teach on is on this foundation of giving up, releasing of yourself, so the power of God can be moved in and through your life. So look here. That's real worship. Verse 3. For it's by grace given to me that I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each one of you. And we look like, see, they looked at Stephen's life, and Stephen looked at this like a huge promotion in his life to be in charge of the ministry of widows and orphans. And he looks at that, he goes, wow, you guys, out of all these people, you picked me of one of these seven people to do this awesome, important work that you apostles are now stepping away from. So you can do other work and not be distracted. It's division labor. We can all work together. And when I bring my gift to this party, your gift is going to be even more elevated. I see this as, as this amazing opportunity where one doesn't say, well, we're so much better than you that now you get to do this lowly gift. Stephen and these guys, they look in this and go like, wow, I get to bring my gift to see the kingdom of God thrive and watch your gift even thrive. And then when your gift is thriving, my gift is thriving. Because more people are getting saved and there's more people to meet their needs. Right? So Stephen's work was growing. And, and, and Philip's work and all the rest of them, their work is growing. Because these other guys are preaching and they're kicking it. That's a spiritual word, by the way. Kicking it. Verse 4. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. This is the division, right? Division and unity. So in Christ, uh, though, though many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. So we all belong to each other. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If your gift is prophesying, prophesy. 
in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. So just stop here. Who here has the gift of serving? Well, yeah, I mean, everybody can serve, and everybody should serve, and all of the gifts come from a heart and a foundation of sacrifice and service, but there is a gift of serving that is supernatural. Have you ever been around somebody who's the supernatural helper? I have. I mean, there is a difference. Some of you come help me, and it's cool, but then some of the other all come help me, and it's like, amazing. I got a friend, his name is Jeff Jenkins. And maybe a lot of you guys, he grew up in this church, him and his wife, they grew up in this church. Jeff has a supernatural gift of helps. Everywhere he goes, people get helped. He can't help himself. He helps everybody. I'm remodeling this house, which was way too big and way too much. The same year, we have two babies. One year apart, we had two babies. We moved five times in one year, and then remodeled a 3,800-square-foot house and took over this church in one year. Don't ask me why I did that. <laughs> Don't have any good reasons except it was a painful experience. God was clearly trying to work something out of me. And Jeff comes in, and he goes, you need my help. And I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> I'm okay. And he goes, shut up. I mean, he pretty much told me to shut up. And he says, my gift is helping, and you need help, and God told me to help you. You don't get to say no. Come on. <laughs> he was at my house every day, 40 hours a week, helping me, blessing me and my family. I mean, it was unbelievable. And I'm telling you what, my wife was like, you don't tell anybody no. <laughs> You're not allowed to say no to anybody. I'm like, okay. <laughs> We needed help. Oh, man. But that gift, when you have that gift, it should be, I mean, we should celebrate that gift. As much as we celebrate and honor preaching and teaching and the gifts of prophecy and the workers of miracles and healing and evangelism, we should honor the gift of service. Man, do we ever need to see the gift rise up. Not only do we all have a foundation of seeing service as the foundation for all of our gifts, but we see the supernatural gift of service, of helps, alive and thriving in our church. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's encouraging, encourage. If it's giving, then give. If it's the lead, then do it diligently. If it's a show mercy, do it cheerfully. Both the ministry of the word and works, they must be done. They all have to get done. All the work's got to get done. So we need all the gifts firing on all cylinders so we can thrive. But this is about, this series is called Give Where You Live. And if you want to know where your area of service is, it's where you live. It's just right where you live. It's everything around you. You see a need, you fill a need, right? I think that's from a Disney show. Ro robots or something, right? Okay. See a need, fill a need, right? You, you find a place, see something, and, and just fill it up. But especially if you have this gift, man, do we ever need to see it just thriving. Look at 1 Corinthians uh, 12, verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God is placed in the church, first of all. I want you to see where the gift of helps is mentioned. 
in the list it's mentioned. Apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, healings, helps, guidance, and different kinds of tongues. It's a heavy-hitting list. There's a lot of other gifts that didn't make the list, like leadership. And I'm not saying it's less valuable, but it was so valuable, it was mentioned alongside of apostles. But how do we honor in the church? And are we neglecting a part that is so fundamental and foundational that it's actually like skipping leg day? It's hurting us. Because it's a foundation that lifts all the other gifts. This is what I want you to see, is that when Stephen steps into this ministry, it actually elevates the other gifts around. Fills it in, he clearly has this dynamic gift. It says, in verse three, it says, therefore select out from among yourselves, brethren, seven men of good and attested character and reputation of spirit and wisdom they may assign to this a really important business and duty. But when they do this, when they step in, and it's built on a foundation of tremendous character. It takes tremendous character to be in the act of service. Not just average Joe, average Jane. It takes dynamic, strong-willed character people to build on this gift, to build with this gift. So, and it also is somebody that results in leading in power and faith. Look what happens in verse 8 with Stephen. It says, now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. This is the guy in charge, when some version says, of waiting on tables. And it, we can't devalue this ministry. He's like, in this ministry... And it's so important, he has so much character, him and the other men, that they are leading it with total integrity and, and faith and power that they're seeing miracles take place. Signs and wonders are following these guys while they're mopping floors, bringing food to starving people, taking care of kids that lost their parents. Do you know what it's like to take care of children? Taking care of widows and orphans, this sounds like, oh, that's such a, oh, that's such a noble ministry. You're changing diapers. Holding babies that are crying in your arms and disciplining children that are running around and, you know, lighting things on fire. I don't know what it was like when you guys raised your kids, but I'm telling you, there was always fire. There was things coming out of their pants that should have stayed in their pants. <laughs> Messes everywhere. Taking care of orphans. These are kids that are like abandoned. And all of the rest of the ministry, miracles, signs, and wonders are following these guys because they see how valuable it is to the Lord and what result it's going to have in the kingdom. We've got to see the gift right. But we have to see that there's not, not some, some sort of stepping stone to a more important gift that we see it right and then we see the importance and then we just pour in with our whole life like Stephen did. He just poured his whole life and he was so anointed and so effective that he was kicking so much devil tail out there 
that the enemy comes after this guy. The Jews that were against the advancement of Christ and the kingdom of God moving come after this guy. The apostle Paul, who was then Saul, comes after this guy. And they get him in front of the council, and then they start grilling him. Then the Holy Spirit falls on Stephen, a servant, a waiter of tables. And he falls on him so much that the glory of God is shining off of him. They go, they think they're looking at an angel. He's a glow stick for Jesus. Happened to Stephen, too. Happens to Moses, happens to Stephen. And he is so faithful and so committed to preaching the gospel and understood the word of God. Being in service doesn't mean you don't understand the word of God. Being in service doesn't mean you're not a person of character. It's not where we put the rejects who struggle. This is where we put the most dynamic among us to serve. Because it elevates the rest of the gifts. It begins to be a foundation and it is a place for miracles and power. And he begins to preach the gospel. And he proclaims the good news. And then he gives up his life. They get so mad at him that they gnash their teeth. It's like eating really hard corn or taffy or something. I'm not exactly sure what gnashing really looks like. but And they drag him out. And then they all lay their coats at the feet of a witness, and his name was Saul. The Apostle Paul, standing right there, but his name was Saul. And he's watching this guy give up his life who serves children, moms who don't have husbands, people in need. He's like, this person just distributes food. And he's willing to give up his life for this Jesus he's preaching. And he gives up his life in power. And I believe there was a seed sown in Paul's life that day when he watched Stephen, a servant, give up his life for Jesus. Come on. And one of the most powerful men that has ever walked this earth was impacted by, elevated by, lifted by the gift of service. We're going to talk about the Apostle Paul's life and how he watched, I believe he watched Stephen and it sowed something into his life and it imprinted him on how he wanted to be in the kingdom. We're going to look at that in this series, the way the Apostle Paul did ministry. One of the most powerful preachers and church builders of all time, how he saw ministry. But this gift, when done right, is so powerful and effective, it elevates. Look at verse 4. But we, still continue, we will continue to devote ourselves steadfastly to prayer and the ministry of the word. When, it, when this gift comes in right, those that their best gift is to invest in the ministry with the Holy Spirit and preaching of the gospel, they get more time. And they feel more empowered because somebody of character and quality, dynamic ministry is happening in these other extremely important, equally important areas that they can step away and focus in. And when that happened, look at what happens in verse 6. They presented to the apostles uh, those who, after praying, laid their hands on them. And the message of God, so after they bless this ministry and it takes off, the message of God kept on spreading. So all these gifts are elevated and everybody is working together, the gift is the spreading and the increase of the church. 
The number of disciples were multiplying greatly in Jerusalem, and besides, a large number of the priests were obedient to the faith. Even the hardcore religious leaders of the time started to get saved when they saw this happening. It's pretty awesome. So as we close here and as we just kind of wrap up what we're thinking about, to allow, we need to allow the gifts, the gifts of service to emerge. Right, church? We have to see them right. We need to start calling them out. And so today, I want you to be asking the Holy Spirit, do I have this gift? And have I demeaned it? So there's two sides to it is, do I have this gift? God, do I have this gift of helps, of ministry? And if I'm not standing in that space, then I'm not elevating the other gifts and giving them space. They're too, they're too busy doing my job. I don't know what else to do. <laughs> the running man? What do you want me to do? The cabbage patch? I'll just do it all so you get it, okay? Just get it. <laughs> Come on. If you're not doing your job, somebody else is. If you don't see your job as important, somebody else does. And they'll step in and do it. And it's not that those jobs are beneath when we begin. You can play, sister. Go for it. There's no music coming out. We're working on that. This is my time when I want that kind of southern gospel feel coming out right now. I'm ready for it. <laughs> you were doing your spot. You're just playing. You're doing good. He'll get it. I know he's it's the devil or something. No, it's not. It's the angels. God has a, such a great, great, great ministry. Great just unifying uh, uh, spirit that he wants to see all these little divisions. This is one of the things I love about our church. I don't even know how this happened, how so many people of color and different races, nations, and age all of a sudden like being here. It's one of the most best things ever for me. Um, and there's men in our church, men that worship in our church. You, you know that over 60% of the body of Christ is women? that respond and are passionate, but now we have men in our church that worship God? Come on. It's beautiful. Humble enough, strong enough to lead, to be a person of service, and to, to offer our whole life as worship. The, the diffusion of all the gifts and the, the fragmenting of all of our race, color, background, all of that, was to display the power and glory of God when he brings it all back together through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's so beautiful. It's beyond just our gifts. It, it's, it, when we get this spirit, we no longer see each other as different. We just celebrate. We, we, we do see the difference, but we celebrate the difference because I need you, you need me. The difference of culture, age, race, gender, all of that brings context, brings so much newness and life to what we're doing. So amazing. But God's culture is king. And that's built on love. God's culture is always king. That's built, built on equal value between all of us. And difference. We all have differences and all of those gifts are different. And when we bring them, we begin to celebrate. When others are stepping into their jobs, we all get to fall into our best gifts as long as our character can support it.
But all of this is built on the character that's found and founded and rooted in the love relationship with God. The more you understand his love, the more his wisdom will pour out in your life and the more you'll see the value of others elevate, young and old. Come on, men and women, apostles, prophets, teachers, gifts of healing, those of service and helps, all rising up to be the glorious church with the biggest finish and finale this world has ever seen. We get to be a part of that journey. Got to see it right though, church. We've got to see it right. So today I'm just believing in faith that gifts are going to rise up. Gifts are going to rise up. Before we do that, I want to pray over gifts today that they're going to come out. Before we do that, I want to give anybody here in this church if you, an opportunity to know Jesus. There's a gift inside of you that God wants to elevate and use for his kingdom. You've got you've to give your life to Jesus to see that thing happen. Your best life is in him. God made it so easy. He said, if you just believe that Jesus is Lord and he is God and that he has forgiven you for your sin, you'll be saved. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you'll be saved. Whosoever calls on my name, I will save. The Lord is so good, so easy. And then he'll empower you with this Holy Spirit and give you a place to belong, serve, make a difference. Listen, some of you here today, you don't know Jesus, but when you do, signs and wonders and miracles are gonna follow your ministry. There's a place for you. Others that don't know Jesus need you to tell them. They need to encounter his love through your life. Will you close your eyes with me for a moment? And just as we just stay alone with the Lord for a second, I want to invite people here. If you want to receive Jesus, I'll pray for you very simply. If you're here today and you say, that's me, Pastor, I'd love to receive Jesus. Would you just slip your hand in the air, pray with you right where you're sitting? Anybody here, Jesus, I'm ready to give my life to you on Mother's Day of all days. I want to see what God has for me. All right. We're going to pray anyway. Father, in Jesus' name, if there's anybody here that wants to give their life to Jesus, Jesus, we love you. Just pray this. Jesus, I love you. I believe you're God. I give my life to you today. Fill me with your spirit. Change me forever. God, I want to know you every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand, church, as we just transition here? We're going to worship, and I'm going to pray a blessing over you. And I want to encourage you to do this. Is that you invite the Holy Spirit to speak to you about what your gift is. And if you're not serving somewhere, sign up somewhere. Come on. Even if it's the tiniest commitment, and find out, one, your, your best gift is going to be in service. It is. And then you're going to build on whatever the thing is that's next, from a place in a heart of service, and you're gonna understand how to do that when you learn how to serve. Amen, church? And some of you here are called to this ministry specifically to do it in a dynamic way. So let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, if you wanna just receive a blessing, you can lift your hands. Father, I pray a blessing over your church today, and I'm calling out dynamic gifts, increase of gifts today, that by your spirit, Father, the gift of service will rise up, that every, every believer in this church will just begin to serve and have a heart of service. Holy Spirit, we come against the devil's plan to create 
disunity and disruption and discourage us and say, nah, you're too busy for that. You're not too busy for that. In Jesus' name, it's my position to serve in your body. It's my honor to serve in your body. And today we put a stake in the ground, all in, all together, Lord. We are serving in unity your body, your kingdom, even in the smallest of ways, Lord. My heart says I'm willing to serve you and offer my life as a living sacrifice for you so that your kingdom will advance. And God, I'm praying for the specific gifts of service. Rise up, come out in Jesus' name. Be powerful among us. God, we honor those gifts. Forgive us for any way that we've dishonored those gifts. And God, we pray that they would be celebrated and begin to lift the tide of all gifts in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at unitechurchak.org. We hope to see you soon.